This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals only. Welcome to the fourth series of the Diabetes Knowledge and Practice podcast, bringing you news, views and updates in diabetes care. Today's episode is supported by an educational grant from Novo Nordisk AS, who have had no influence on the content or the choice of faculty. I'm Emma, and this series will be bringing you weekly episodes throughout the rest of 2021, including highlights from the upcoming international congresses. We're kicking off today by looking at the very first line of treatment recommended for type 2 diabetes, which is lifestyle interventions, and we'll be asking if there's such a thing as an optimal lifestyle intervention. To discuss what evidence is available and how it applies to clinical practice, we're joined by Jaco Tumuleto for his recommendations on lifestyle intervention in managing type 2 diabetes. He's Professor Emeritus of Public Health at the University of Helsinki in Finland and is affiliated with the Finnish Institute for Health and Welfare in Helsinki. He's contributed to many influential studies on the epidemiology and prevention of diseases such as diabetes and cardiovascular disease, and his disclosures are available in the episode notes. So um, if I start with the first question, so we know that um, for type 2 diabetes that the first line of intervention normally recommended um, by guidelines is um, lifestyle changes and pharmacotherapy as an adjunct to this um, or as extra support but what do you think lifestyle intervention actually means um, and do you think there are specific approaches that are particularly recommended? Well the first thing is to define what the lifestyle means. Lifestyle means three things Uh, diet, nutrition, physical activity People have uh, two legs. They are like uh, all mammals. We are meant to be moving. Uh, And um, the third thing is uh, sleep and uh, and relaxation. We all need a sleep and relaxation in order to be able to, uh, to have a physical activity and to be able to eat properly. So it actually starts from the sleeping patterns, which is extremely important. Uh, and people have uh, only realized uh, during the last years the importance of, of this. And uh, we are talking about also about circadian rhythm, so that uh, during the day uh, uh, our things are changing in the body and, and in the mind. Uh, so. The lifestyle is, in, in a way, a complex interplay with uh, with these three things uh, and uh, circadian rhythm, which uh, is controlling our hormonal and uh, and uh, hunger and uh, ability to have a physical activity. So, uh, when we start thinking about lifestyle intervention, we have to uh, have some sort of assessment of these three things uh, of an individual, uh, and, um, and and therefore uh, lifestyle intervention uh, in the clinical practice may be quite different for different people. On the other hand, we know that if you move, uh, if you are physically active at least half an hour a day, or maybe one hour a day, and if you eat certain foods, 
I am saying foods, uh, not diets or nutrients or something like that. Foods, foods means vegetables, fruits, uh, as much as you can during the day, uh, lean uh, protein meat, and then the carbohydrates. Yeah, carbohydrates, we have a huge variety of, of things uh, and, and uh, people do not understand what the carbohydrates mean, but to avoid simple sugars uh, in, in the sweet juices and, and the soft drinks and sugars, uh, direct sugars, and uh, anything which is a white, uh, white uh, um, kind of bread or, or bun or, or so on. We have to assess these three things in people. And this is not so easy. How to assess a diet of a person? How to assess the physical activity? How to assess sleep? We do have uh, uh, golden standard measurements uh, for these, but they are rather complicated. We have to have a sleep recording and interpretation of an expert. Uh, we have to have a, a physical activity monitoring for one week or so. We have to have a one week dietary uh, records uh, that people are keeping. And then a nutritionist is uh, interpreting these results. Sounds complicated, but um, uh, we can simplify it by simple questionnaires. And these have been developed. We can, we can uh, profile individuals and uh, recommend the healthy lifestyle. What kind of changes you need? Do you need any changes uh, or uh, changes in the certain things? And this is uh, the way to go. Going back to what you were saying about diets, you mentioned things like eating more vegetables and limiting um, simple carbohydrates. Um, but looking at particular diets like low carbohydrate diets, um, very low calorie um, Mediterranean diet, these have been um, assessed. But have any of these demonstrated particular efficacy? Um, and do you think any of these should be recommended to patients in particular? Uh, if, if you are thinking about um, um, prevention of diabetes, uh, all these diets work. Uh, and uh, it depends, uh, again, uh, where you start from. Uh, and uh, if you are eating too much uh, carbohydrates, of course, a low carbohydrate diet is, uh, is useful. Uh, the Mediterranean diet has been shown to be very, very useful not only for diabetes, for cardiovascular di disease, uh, dementia. Uh, so, <clears throat> so definitely uh, these kind of diets, uh, uh, kind of Mediterranean or Nordic diet can be recommended uh, for everybody. That's for sure. But when it comes to the specific low-carb uh, diet or low-fat diet, uh, then I would go uh, and profile people who needs low-fat diet, who needs uh, low-carb diet, and, and go for that. And a very low-calorie diet, um, that is for very obese people who cannot otherwise uh, change their diets. Uh, effects can be good for some people, but not everybody. 
so uh, I, I'm not excluding it. It's of course a short-term thing that uh, people are doing, uh, and um, and it it may be the problem with this diet is that um, what we want to do with uh, with our eating habits is to establish a new eating habits that people can follow throughout their life. And if you have a specific diet for a couple of weeks or so with a low calorie, low carb and so on, you cannot follow it throughout your life. And you, it's a sort of a rescue diet that you can use a little while, but then you have to plan what, do, what are you going to do uh, for the rest of your life. Okay, great. So if we move on to talk a little bit about exercise in a similar way of the particular types of exercise that you think are particularly um, efficacious in terms of um, results that they've demonstrated in trials um, for improving glycemic control or, or weight loss. I would say no, any physical activity is good. And uh, the more you do, uh, it's better uh, in, the, in the modern life. I'm not talking about uh, people who are working 10 hours uh, physically in their in their jobs. I'm talking about uh, uh, people, the majority of us today are sitting uh, much of the day. And, uh, and therefore, any physical activity you can do, uh, it's good. But it has been shown that um, uh, if you do both, so-called aerobic uh, exercise or physical activity where you really are sweating and getting uh, getting exhausted to some extent. Plus, uh, you do just simple physical activity like walking and, and going uh, here and there or, or cleaning your, your, your home uh, with the hoover and, uh, and, uh, and, and so on. So, that's already physical activity, and any of these uh, add to the to the sum of physical activity you can do during the day. And of course, uh, in in many countries, um, um, even in the northern part of Europe, and especially in northern part of Europe, we are using bicycles to go to work and to go places and so on. Uh, and uh, this is uh, fantastic. Uh, so any physical activity, good. You can do it um, uh, wherever you want. You don't need a gym, but um, the gym can be good as well because um, it's motivating and you will have a trainers which are very useful and they help you to, to understand and uh, and. Um, uh, to, to organize your physical activity patterns in the right way. So uh, I think this is uh, something and uh, because people are busy and many people do not have uh, any other way to have a physical activity. The gyms are quite important uh, from, from this perspective. So if um, someone didn't have access to, um, to a gym or to um, say if they lived in a country like you, said that wasn't in um, uh, one of these Nordic or European cities that's well designed for, for cycling. If someone didn't have access to those things, is something you'd recommend that's easy to, to fit into people's days if you, that you don't need special access for? 
Well, you can you can go for walking. It's uh, it's easy. You can always find a place to go walking. Uh, you may you may if you are living in a in a place where it's difficult, you may take a bus or or metro or car and go to the place, a uh, park, whatever you like to go walking. Uh, and uh, or you can just go on the street and then start walking, even to go shopping mall. That uh, that's something especially. I, I was living in the Middle East, and uh, and uh, the shopping mall was the only place uh, which was convenient to walk uh, because uh, it it was so hot. In a working place, um, it has been shown that uh, uh, those who are sitting. Uh, most of the time, you can actually have a standing with with your computer, and that's much more better, much more healthier. And if you are sitting, and uh, once in an hour, uh, you stand up, go somewhere, uh, have a cup of coffee from the next room, or go to the toilet, uh, go to the uh, um, person uh, you want to talk to, uh, or or just stand up, and and that's already uh, metabolically healthy. Great, thank you. And I think um, one of the underlying themes of this is individualization and finding something that um, will work for each individual. So do you have any tips on how um, clinicians working with someone with um, who's just been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, helping them to motivate them to keep trying something different? Yeah, this is uh, this is um, a big issue, and um, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, you have to assess uh, a diet, you have to assess the physical activity patterns, you have to assess the sleep patterns, and and the assessment um, uh, to be done properly takes time and requires expertise uh, on on these uh, issues, and. A normal clinic does not have the, this expertise, so you you really have to uh, have a team uh, somehow. The team doesn't mean that the team is located in the one one uh, office or one clinic, but the team can be that you you have a consultant for sleep. A recording can be done uh, online and reading. A result can be done online. The same with the physical activity assessment with the monitors. They can be done online. And the same with the nutrition assessment. Uh, the results can be uh, um, analyzed anywhere. Uh, and then uh, you have a created a way to uh, profile people with the other uh, experts uh, that are located outside, because uh, no clinic can have everything under one roof, or let's say that very, very few clinics can have it uh, in, in, in the world. But there are experts that, uh, as I said, can, can help you online. Sometimes uh, uh, people want to um, uh, include a genetic uh, factors. Uh, genetic testing can be done also uh, currently at the relatively 
uh, low price. Uh, uh, it has been shown, our studies, other studies, that uh, if we identify individuals who have a very high genetic load uh, for type 2 diabetes, uh, they benefit much more from uh, lifestyle the interventions than those who have a, a lower risk, a genetic risk, which makes sense in a way. And, uh, and therefore, uh, genetic profiling might be useful. And same with diet. Certain things uh, uh, in our diet, uh, how, how, how our diet is, um, is, is working in our bodies uh, de depends, of course, on our genes that we have. And uh, we have um, people who can metabolize certain things uh, much faster and efficiently than the others and so on. But these, all these things, they are not yet uh, clinically uh, ready. We have to wait uh, maybe 10 more years uh, before we have enough information how, how, to, how to make use of that. We know that these are important. And uh, and so on, uh, but at at the time, uh, for the time being, uh, people who may not benefit uh, from physical activity because of their genes, it doesn't make any harm for them to be fit. It it may be useful at the end for their cardiovascular or or or, or cognition or some other reason. Or just they they may be happier when they they are fit. So who knows? So <laughs> it is complicated. Considering what we've discussed today, do you, if you could give one piece of advice to clinicians managing someone who's just been diagnosed with type two diabetes on how to approach lifestyle, what would your piece of advice be? Uh, the first thing I I would uh, go for the sleep assessment and uh, to find out whether a person has uh, sleep apnea, because uh, more than half of the people with diabetes do have, and uh, to correct that. Then uh, the next thing would be uh, assess a physical activity and, uh, and to, to find out, to do the physical activity monitoring, which is uh, kind of easy, one week to get, uh, wear the monitoring device and then you will find out what your fitness and what your physical activity is. And then I would assess the diet um, and uh, consult a nutritionist uh, to, to make a diet, dietary assessment and uh, design uh, the, the program for diet. So these three things I would do immediately and the, in this order. And um, then, uh, I think uh, I could I could design the proper lifestyle therapy uh, for the individual and um, and the uh, and quite often it would be useful also to uh, to start uh, uh, glucose lowering drug treatment uh, uh, in these individuals very early on. Because when when you when your glucose levels are too high, uh, it has uh, inverse effects on your ability to uh, to do the things and uh, 
and when you can lower the glucose to the uh, right level then you are much it, it will make much more easier for for the people to do the changes and also it's motivating to do the changes uh, when you realize that something something good happens to your uh, to your glucose but mainly it, it is a mentally uh, uh, psychologically important. This brings us to the end of the episode. To summarise, an individualised approach to lifestyle interventions is key to ensure the best chances of success and motivation for patients. As such, there is no one particular intervention that's recommended, but patients' current lifestyle should be assessed to help provide interventions that are possible for them and, importantly, sustainable. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to the podcast on your favourite app, write us a review or recommend us to your colleagues. You can also contact us with any questions or feedback at contact at knowledgeinpractice.eu or on our social media channels, which you can find links to in the episode notes. Join us next week for another episode when we'll be bringing you coverage of the 2021 European Society of Cardiology Congress.